believe that message is coming strongly to all of us. Hey, get your act together. Hey, stop this. Uh, clean this up. Stop conducting yourself yeah. this way. He usually does that when he's getting ready to do something big. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing that, that, we, that we forget that's about. That's exciting. Because we think it's, okay, I just have to clean up my act because God told me to, and then that's it. There's more to it than that. It's all preparation. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lift It Up podcast. My name is Corey. I'm on the creative team here at New Beginnings, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Joe Source. And this is a place where we sit and talk about the Bible. We believe that the scriptures are the best place to add value to your life. And uh, we want to lift people up. That's why we call it the Lift It Up podcast. We want to add value to your life. And uh, today, we're actually shooting the first podcast of the year 2022. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, we started this podcast uh, at, at some point in the middle of the year 2021. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, Pastor, but um, I've had conversations with several people saying that they're really getting a lot out of our conversations. Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, th- that's that's what I've been hoping for. You know, I, I love when the Holy Spirit is working in, in a conversation yes. or, or in a in a message, in a sermon or whatever, and also speaking specifically to individuals about maybe some specific things in their lives. I think the neat thing that we've been finding out and uh, when we come, obviously we prepare to some extent, but we yeah. don't have a specific notes, not like a sermon. Mm-hmm. And it seems like in that uh, scenario that the Holy Spirit can come in easier and kind of guide the conversation and spark yeah. things in you mm-hmm. or spark things in me. So um, we're grateful for that because we do yeah. pray before we start that we would be affected, that we would be able to make an impact on people's lives, whether they're going to be listening to this in a week from now or whether they'll be listening to this 10 years from now, that the Holy Spirit will cause our words to be in season for that particular individual yeah. or groups of individuals. Yeah. So here we are in 2022. Um, been a rough couple of years. Um, and it seems like, and the reason why we're settling in on the topic we are, it seems like that God is wanting to get the attention of the church. We think he's out to get the attention of the world, but he's out to get the attention of the church mm-hmm. so that the church then can get the attention of the world. That's good. Um, and um, we've been sensing this for a while. And I don't, I don't, and I'm not tying this to natural events. I'm not saying, oh, you know, God caused a pandemic and and because he wants us to get our attention on him. God doesn't need to do that. Uh, we're believers. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that prompts us and gets our attention. Back in the Old Testament, God had to use natural things like plagues, disasters, things of that nature, because man's spirit was not alive yet unto him. But now we as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, and he leads us and guides us into all truth, and he reminds us of things that Jesus spoke to us. He shows us things to come. He specifically is tugging on the church. Yeah. When I say the church, I'm not talking about just new beginnings. I'm talking about every believer is being tugged on right now to do a couple of different things. And, and it, obviously it depends on person to person. But bottom line is this. God is wanting us to get our heads out of the world, to get our souls more clearly focused on him, to some of us may have to eliminate some of our thought life, maybe some of our conduct. In other words, he's wanting the church to be separate, to come out from all the world systems 
because obviously he wants to do something special through the church in order to get the attention of the world to prepare the world for Jesus, Jesus' second coming. He's coming. Yeah. He's coming. And uh, in our group here, in our church, in our faith community, we, uh, we recognize that and we venture to make sure that we're prepared for his second coming. Mm -hmm. Now, one might, might ask, why do we need to change some things in our behavior, change some things in our thoughts? Why do we need to clean up our act in order for God to do something through us? Um, he wants us to go from vessels of dishonor to vessels of honor. He wants us to go from vessels of clay to vessels of, of gold and mm -hmm. silver, precious metals, um, so that we're more effective, we're more sensitive. When our minds are clouded, we're not sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. Yeah. When, our, when our souls are so preoccupied with ourself, uh, fulfilling my own desires, fulfilling the things that make me feel good, we're not sensitive to the needs of people. And right now, these are like the days when Noah was building the ark. The mission of the church right now is to get as many people in the ark as possible. We know the ark is representative mm -hmm. and symbolic of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we need to get as many people born again uh, into the body of Christ, into the kingdom of God as possible because the days are short. Yeah. The days are short. And I know, um, sadly, so many Christians don't want to face this reality. And so they're hesitant to think, okay, Lord, what areas of my life do I need to clean up? Because Jesus is coming, and I want to be ready for him. And I want to be effective, and I want to be here. Times are getting tougher. Society is, is collapsing around us. Let's be honest with each yeah. other. It's a whole lot worse in the rest of the world than it is here. We don't, you know, we're so preoccupied with America because we think we're the greatest people yeah. in the world. We need to be sensitive. We need to hear his voice. And when our minds are cluttered, especially with things that we as Christians have no business being involved in, when our minds are cluttered that way, we don't hear his voice as clear as we should. Yeah. So he wants us to be separate. He wants us not for the sake of setting us up to think that we're better than everybody else. Basically, we're talking about holiness. Yeah. We're talking about living a life that's sanctified, yeah. that's set apart. Yeah, we're continuing really what we were talking about in the, in the previous episode. Yes, yes. And we're kind of going on with that theme right. of so now we're we're not better, we're we're different, we're separated. Yeah. So how is that going to affect our lives? How how can that help us overcome sin? And is that what that's what that's we're going to talk about? That's basically what we're today? talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know, we recognize that if we're born again, we have the spirit of God in us. We've been sa saved by the, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know we're saved. We're going to heaven. But we're still in touch. We're on this planet that is so surrounded and so infected by sin. And it seems like it's getting worse and worse. So if we're not aware of, of that fact, it's very easy for a Christian, even somebody who's coming to church, reading the Bible, speaks in tongues, full of the Holy Ghost. So you could still, you got to be careful because you could still get affected by some yeah. things if you're not. I hate to put it this way. I don't know how else to describe it. We've got to keep our spiritual guard up yeah. because it's very easy for our soul to get exposed to things that are going to trigger stuff in us mm -hmm. that we really don't need to have yeah. triggered. And, you know, and especially, and I know this doesn't really apply to everybody, but I would say for the average person that this would apply to, um, we live on social media essentially absolutely it's not too much of an exaggeration no i don't think it's exaggeration and at all being a person 
who's living on social media for a good amount of the day, you're going to see a, a myriad of different images. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Right, so we're exposed talking about to being, a lot. being exposed. Yeah. So how does having this position of holiness help us to overcome this, this, um, this circumstance that we're under, that we're living in a world? That's a good way to put it. Because you see, natural man says, well, let me get my act together so I can get to holiness. We realize that we've been made righteous by the mm -hmm. blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin became sin that we would become the righteousness of God yeah. in Christ Jesus. So we're already in that position of right standing with the Father. It's because we're in right standing with the Father. I'm glad you worded it the way you did. It's because we're in right standing with the Father that we want to make sure that we're living a life that's pleasing to him, that we're living a life that's a good example to others, that we're living a life that's not going to bring us into guilt and condemnation. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know that Romans, Romans tells us, you know, therefore, chapter 8, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. But we can still feel condemnation. Our soul can still feel condemnation. Yeah. If we're not aware of what the scriptures say, What's yeah, the we, consequence we just of can't that? live. Well, a consequence of that, I think, is little by little, if you live under constant guilt and condemnation, you're not going to have the self-image that God has of you. Hmm. You're going to constantly be looking at your conduct. You're going to constantly feel less than yeah. who God made us to be. Hmm. And whenever we feel that way, obviously our confidence level goes way down. Obviously, we don't. I'm not going to come to you to try and minister to you if I I feel self condemned. Yeah. And and obviously, our minds are trained that way. The enemy reinforces that message: you're no good. You think you're a Christian. Yeah. Look at the way you're living. Look what look what yeah. you did. Look what you said. Look how you treated that person. He wants yeah. us in the guilt and condemnation. You know, if you think about it, <clears throat> this idea of looking to yourself, looking to your actions, that runs completely contrary to the gospel. Literally, the gospel is has nothing to do with your yeah. actions. The scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author yeah. and the finisher of my faith. Not looking unto Joe. If I'm looking unto Joe, uh, I'm going to be constantly aware of my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly looking at yourself and, and the, you're going to constantly be looking at the flaws. And that's not saying that we're to live blind to no, those things. No, of course things. not. No. But we can't, we can't identify ourselves with our old nature. We've got to identify ourselves with our new nature. Mm -hmm. We are new creations in Christ. Yeah. Old things have passed away. Behold, old things have become new. Now, I might not be experiencing the reality of that, but I'm not going to help the situation by reinforcing that. I need to say, like I, I taught this a number of weeks ago. I forget when it was, what message it was. It might have been on a Wednesday night. Uh, one of the most effective ways to deal with sin is after I sin, I declare that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because that position did not change mm -hmm. because I either inadvertently or an act of my will decided I'm going to do this knowing yeah. that's not going to please God. You're not trying knowing, to trick your mind. You're not trying to no. trick your mind. But it's dealing with, it's, in other words, it's establishing the reality of what the scriptures say over and above what I'm feeling, mm -hmm. what, how I'm conducting myself, uh, how I'm thinking, how I'm speaking, how I'm acting. I, I can't let that be the determining factor because that's going to change. Yeah. That's temporal. God's word is eternal. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like many years ago when, I mean, many, many years ago when I was trying to quit smoking, you've probably heard me talk about this. I get this conviction from the Holy Ghost, like, this is not good for my body. I should not be doing this. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Throw my cigarettes out. 
st stop at the next 7-Eleven, pick up another pack of cigarettes. <laughs> of course, they were much cheaper back then. Uh, and I would smoke and I'd feel condemned, but I learned this lesson. Okay, devil, you got me this time. Or my own flesh, I'm not going to blame the devil. But you know what? I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus mm -hmm. because that righteousness did not come because of my conduct. I was not more righteous when I didn't smoke and less righteous yeah. when I did smoke because my righteousness is established by him. Mm -hmm. He took you and put you in a position of righteousness. He took me and put me in a position of righteousness. Now, this whole idea of holiness, okay? Righteousness is what God does for us. Holiness is what we do. I like to describe it that way yeah. because we have to cooperate with mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit on the inside. You have to cooperate. When the Holy Spirit's nudging you to not say something, not do something, not go somewhere, not participate in that conduct, don't watch this movie, don't watch yeah. it, you have to cooperate. All we did to, to attain righteousness was say yes to Jesus. Yeah. And it was a, just like Abraham. It was accredited to us as righteousness yeah. because Abraham believed God. But holiness is a different thing. I have to choose to separate myself from certain things. Yeah. You know, we were talking before, um, you, you wanted to mention something I think about, something that the, the Lord had dealt with you about. Um, uh, maybe it'll come up later. Yeah. I had talked about how somebody fairly close to me had recommended, oh, you got to watch this series on, on Netflix. You know, yeah. I like movies. I like to watch sure. them. I don't like trash. I like to watch stuff that's going to add to me, not take sure. away from me, stuff that I'm not going to have to deal with later in yeah. my head. And I didn't even get through half of the first episode, and it was so dark, so much sexual depravity. I mean, yeah. not even just sex. I'm talking about depraved, yeah. <laughs> raunchy stuff. And I'm sure, like, yeah. I can't believe this person was okay with recommending this. Yeah. So I thought to myself, wow. How much we wander, how much we drift when we tolerate stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that we need to be careful of. We're yeah. living in a world, you said it, we're bombarded. Yeah. We live our lives on social media. We live our lives off of the internet. We live our lives off of media, everything that's being thrown at us. And if we're not careful, um, it's going to affect us in the wrong way. It can't you, affect us you know wrong I just way. thought of, as you're saying that, being bombarded with stuff, certain areas of, I guess, the Roman Empire uh, and the churches that Paul was writing to, mm -hmm. <clears throat> a lot of them really dealt with the same thing, living in idle, living in- Terribly pagan society. Yeah, living in towns where every corner there's idols, every corner there, there's sculptures of nudity. Um, you have to go, you have to go to these areas in order to buy food, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I guess this isn't a new issue. It's, no. it's just digital now. It's just di different. Yeah. It comes in different form now. Yeah. In fact, if you study it out, um, when Paul lived in Ephesus, archaeologists will tell us, and Bible comments, the Bible stories will tell us that where he lived was on a hill, and below that hill was a temple where the prostitution and the yeah. horrible sexual immorality was going on as they worshipped their pagan idols. He's living right, he's, mm -hmm. he's like living right above this thing. 
darkness. And can you imagine feeling the darkness, feeling the yeah. atmosphere, uh, the, hearing everything that's going on? I mean, you had music and all these orgies and yeah. uh, burning incense and all this other kind of stuff. And uh, yet here's Paul living a life. And then eventually the Apostle John ends up moving to that area after Paul comes off yeah. the scene. They had to live with this stuff right in their faces. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same thing, different, different vehicle of delivery, mm -hmm. but it's the same debauchery, the same yeah. immorality. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe I think that could be a good um, segue into, uh -huh. into the scripture that we're yeah. going to go to where, where Paul is actually writing to the church in Rome. Yeah. So that, that's in Romans 6. If you, if you have a Bible, uh, you know, we love to read the Bible here in New Beginnings. So uh, if you have a Bible, you can follow along with us in Romans chapter 6. And I believe we're going to start in verse 11. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do you want to talk about the context here? Or? Well, yeah, the context here is, is Paul's dealing with a lot of grassroots issues here. And he's dealing with the fact of like, okay, we know that grace abounds towards us. We know that. We yeah. know the grace of God's to us. You know, Hebrews 14, 6, 16 talks, 4, 16, excuse me, talks about we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And at the throne of grace, we get mercy and yes. we obtain grace. Okay. And I like to put it this way. We obtain, we get mercy for our past and we obtain grace to help us in the future. Mm -hmm. We know that grace is always coming towards us. God's yes. grace is always available to us. But because um, the church was under the understanding or the assumption that well, it seems like when I sin, more grace shows up. So right. maybe if I sin, there'll even be more grace available yeah. to me. And and we know, you know, that that shouldn't be the incentive, and it should be. And Paul says, God forbid, you know, that I should stoop steep yeah. stoop to those tactics. But he, but the reality is, when we do sin, there is grace. Yeah. You know, John wrote in his first letter, we have an advocate before the Father. Mm -hmm. When we do sin, we have an advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. But Paul's dealing with the fact, look, don't intentionally live in sin just because grace is available. Yeah. And that's a serious issue today. I, yeah, and I think he was accused of, of teaching that. He was. Yeah. He was. And so because he's the guy who really God used to uh, raise the level of awareness about grace, he was accused of teaching excesses there. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you teach anything, people are going to grab what they want to grab and use it for what they want to use. So, yeah, you're right. He was accused of doing that. So he's spending time now mm -hmm. writing to the church at Rome, which obviously was already well established because he writes a significant yeah. amount of information to this church. So this can't be a fledgling church. This has to be a church that's been established there for mm -hmm. many, many years, probably a couple of decades already at this point. And we know there's people that were present on the day of Pentecost yeah. that went back to Rome and probably started the church then. So in verse six, uh, verse 11, do you want to read it? Sure. So Romans 6, verse 11 says, So you too consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, sin is not to reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the parts of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead and your body's parts as instruments of righteousness for God. Yeah, verse 14 goes on to say, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Yeah. Sin shall not have dominion over us. Who's going to have them? Who should be having dominion over us? The God Holy the Spirit. Father. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us is the one that we're supposed to yield to, we're supposed to lean on, we're supposed to um, make ourselves available to. But yet, because we live on this planet where there's so much sin, 
it's very easy for even even the most devout Christian has got to constantly be reckoning yeah. themselves dead to sin. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> My translation says reckoning. Yours says yeah. count. Yeah, and, <clears throat> that, and from what I understand, that is considered an accounting term. It's an accounting term. Yeah, in original language in Greek, obviously most of our listeners probably realize the New Testament is written in Greek, and the Greek language is amazing. Mm -hmm. It just... It just bursts forth. It just the real, true meanings of things are so yeah. much more um, deep and rich when you go back to the original language. It's an accounting term. In other words, an accountant would put a set of figures down and add up all those figures, and then reckon this is the total because I've measured, I've taken all this into consideration, I've added up all these things, yeah. and now I am going to going to count this mm -hmm. as accurate. So, because the scriptures are so clear to us that our sin nature has been broken off of us, that we receive a new nature in God. Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. He fulfills what he spoke to Ezekiel 36, I believe it is. New heart. I'm going to yeah. give you a new heart. I'm going to take out that stony heart. I'm going to yeah. take out that heart that's hard, and I'm going to replace it with a heart of the flesh. I'm going to put my nature in you, my spirit in you, so that you will naturally yeah. follow my laws and my decrees. And that's where the fulfillment of that is not in the Old Testament. The fulfillment of that is yeah. in the New Testament. And when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came and took that old nature out of you yeah. and put his nature in you. Yeah, you know something? That that really runs contrary to the idea that no matter who you are, whether you're a Christian or not, you can have a good heart. I don't know how you can because you still have an old nature. Yeah. You, yeah. you can, you, you on um, depending on whose standard you're going by, mm -hmm. you can be a person who... Yeah, like lives a pretty good moral life. Mm -hmm. um, not, but, and yeah, yeah. generally not necessarily a believer, but you still have a right. heart that doesn't right. want to obey God. Right. That naturally doesn't want to obey God because right. it's a stony heart. Or wants to put yourself at the center. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a challenge. That's yeah. uh, something that uh, it's always harder to get a good person to receive the gospel than it is to get somebody yeah. who's like, hey, I know I'm a degenerate. I know I'm, like yeah. being Paul said, I'm chief of all sinners. Um yeah, that's a tough one, but yeah. that's where the scriptures have to come in, the power mm -hmm. of God. And the truth is, in Romans 3, 23, you're aware of this, all oh. have sinned. No matter how good a person is, all have sinned yeah. and fallen short of God's standards. Yeah, and I'm just, I, I can't help but think as we're reading this that this really cuts against the progressive Christianity oh kind gosh. of thing. Yeah, It really does, because in in that camp... Why don't you uh, explain a little there bit is so, in case somebody doesn't know? Obviously, we know that not everybody in the church universal believes the same things. And so as we're talking about, you know, we're not under the law, we're, we're under grace. Uh, it can happen. It's possible that, that people can go to the extreme with that and say, well, I'm forgiven grace abounds where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So maybe it really doesn't matter a whole lot how I live. Which is that message that Paul's yeah. countering. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe God accepts me just how I am. Well, and I think the root of that is you're either going to believe the entirety of the scriptures or don't believe them at all. Mm -hmm. And you see that philosophy comes out of, well, I really think God got it right here. Yeah. But you know, in this other area here, uh, probably the Bible's not yeah. clear to us, or maybe it really doesn't mean what it says. Yeah. And that's where you can start picking and choosing, and you have yeah. a very, very, very liberal approach to the scriptures 
rather than a very much disciplined and yeah. um, narrow. Yeah. It's always better to be on the narrow road mm -hmm. than to be on the on the well, road. Jesus did say that this road is a narrow road. It's a narrow road. And look, <clears throat> I, I hate to say this, but many most people I, I think who who start going down this path of picking and choosing and going down this path of look ho holiness that's for the super christians i don't really need to do that mm -hmm. um or that's legalistic they, sure yeah they end up at some point down that road mm -hmm. coming to the belief that jesus didn't really die for sins he probably just set a good example i don't you don't even need jesus to get into hell. you right, don't need to go right. to many roads lead to god right. many roads you're or, you know i've been a good person um i i didn't do stuff like you know this person did yeah. that person did and you will yeah. find yourself probably rejecting the message Ship, of the gospel at, at the very best shipwrecked yeah yeah but thank god for his mercy thank god for his goodness his faithfulness he always reaches out yeah but it does require our cooperation yes so so again, <clears throat> we're to reckon ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, yes. I'm to count myself as dead, mm -hmm. dead to sin, dead but to alive sin. unto God. Yeah. I've got to, in other words, I, this is how I hear it. I don't know how you hear it. Um, I welcome you to, to put your input, but I've got to constantly be reminding myself because everything around me is telling me the opposite. My feelings, my emotions, my yeah. moods, uh, the, the scenario of society that we're living in right now is telling me the opposite. I've got to constantly remind myself, wait a second, um, sin's not natural for me. What's natural for me is for me to follow God. Yeah. I got to remind myself that because my soul, the parts of my soul that are still not 100% surrendered to God are going to constantly want to pull in the other direction. Yeah. And we'll try to justify it. Yeah. Well, you've had a tough life, you know. You know, things didn't go good for you today or you've had a rough week. You deserve, you could indulge here, you could indulge there. And that's the trap. Yeah. That's the trap. God it's, understands. And, and, you know, to bring it into current events, um, lately there, there has been, and this isn't even a current thing, this has been around for a while, but, you know, we hear about, I guess, celebrity pastors. I don't know if you want to put it that, or just well-known people in, in church, mm -hmm. in the church, the church, um, f falling into adultery. All kinds of stuff. Disgracing themselves. Um, literally just recently, I think it was just this week or a couple of weeks ago, um, another thing like that happened to a, a, a well-known uh, voice in the church uh, of, a, of a large church. And, um, you know, for me, when that happens, th th there's always a temptation to, to think, man, like I'm better than that guy. And that's a big, big, big shock. Uh, but immediately I have to be like, no, this can happen to anybody. Because it didn't happen overnight. Of course. It didn't happen overnight. Um, it's, it's a matter of tolerating. Yeah. And talking about being dead to sin, um, we didn't read this, but earlier in this chapter in Romans 6, there is another part where it actually says that we have, uh, that we, we have died to sin. That's in mm -hmm. Romans 6 too, mm -hmm. um, where, where Paul uh, corrects this idea of, of talking about hyper grace and, and all that stuff. Um, he says, far from it. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Now I looked this up in this, in this verse, the word died to sin died is the word apothenesco. Now it's the Greek word. Why does that matter? Thenesco is to die. 
But when you put apo in, at the beginning of it, apo, tenesco, apo means away from. Right. So what's the big deal about that? There's the emphasis of dying away, d- dying off. There, there's this focus on it's separate from me. It's just not me anymore. It's not me. Yeah, in, in, in my soul, it feels like it. And in my actions, sometimes it, it yeah, like, like there's sin. But positionally speaking, in, in reality, in the spirit, that's not me anymore. And, and I think to the extent that that reality is at the forefront of our thoughts, I think we're gonna have a, a much, um, much more success overcoming sin, overcoming those, those thoughts that we know we shouldn't be having. Right, right. It's really, uh, it's spiritual warfare. Yeah. It's either allowing sin to present us with a philosophy and a set of beliefs that it's okay to do this and trying to lift that up and above where God says, no, this is not my best for you. This is not the way you need to live. Come out from among them. Yeah. Separate yourself. Don't touch the <laughs> unclean thing and I'll receive you, okay? Um, we need to constantly keep that in front of us. We are a separate people. We're not better than, we're different, Yeah. okay? He's called us a peculiar people, uh, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and for this reason, that we would declare, uh, proclaim the, the goodness of the one who saved us. I'm paraphrasing, of course, to try to get it yeah. in a more relevant language. But the whole reason is this, we're representing God on the earth. And I've talked about this in the past. I don't particularly see an area here, and if if there is, I I wish that someone would bring it to my attention. I've asked you about it, too, where it never tells us in the New Testament epistles and the letters to the church, uh, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. It tells us if you do this, you're going to allow God's name to be blasphemed among the Gentiles. And, and we see this all the time. We all know people claim to be Christians. They're not living as Christians. Not, we're not talking about putting on an act. Yeah. We're just talking about they're not living from their spirit. Yeah. They're allowing their soul, their flesh to be completely in charge. And so what happens? Nobody's going to take that person serious. And unfortunately, it, has, it reflects all the rest of us that are trying to live that way in a serious uh, discipline so that we do uh, we can be a signpost pointing to Jesus, pointing yeah. to God. Uh, the other thing is, is we got to put sin away from us as much as possible. We've got to live dead to sin. We've got to remind ourselves, no, that's an enemy to me. That's not my friend. Sin is not my friend. Yeah. Sin will present itself as our friend, pet us, make us feel good. Come on, yeah. you can do this and it'll gratify you and whatever, you know, whatever, whatever category you want to sure. put in it. But until we start realizing, no, you're my enemy because... If I give in to you, at some point, the devil who brought sin into the world to begin with is going to have an open door of opportunity in my life. And in order for me to shut that door, I've got to stop that conduct. I've got to be dead to that thing. Now, somebody might confuse what you're saying with this idea of karma. It's not karma. No, it's not karma. Uh, There's a big difference between karma and sowing and reaping. Now, sowing and reaping in the scriptures is a very real principle. We know that. Okay, wherever I invest, whatever I plant, whatever seeds I deposit, I can expect to find fruit from. Okay, uh, maybe that's where they got the philosophy from, but they put it on a, on a different yeah. warped, warped thing. Uh, karma is like, well, the universe is going to pay me back for this. And, and that yeah. irks me. When I see a Christian talk about, well, the universe did this, the universe did that. The universe is not a live entity. 
The universe was created by God. The universe is a creation. The yeah. universe is not God itself. God created the yeah. universe. Um, you know, I'm concerned, you know, the universe is going to get me, or that's the whole karma idea. Uh, but we are been created in God's image. And he gave us free choice. If we choose to allow ourselves to continuously live a very carnal, a very fleshly, a very undisciplined, ungodly life, yeah. sooner or later there's going to be consequences. It's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, how many times we hear about individuals, and, and please, what I'm about to say, I'm not saying to bring any kind of open up a wound or pour salt in anyone's wound or uh, in a condescending fashion, but we all know people who were living godly lives came out of maybe the drug culture, came out of that whole scenario, and then got discouraged, got disgusted, found themselves right back in that situation, and man, boom, they're taken out immediately. Yeah. They, they, they shot something up that wasn't good. It was something was laced, something was mixed. They weren't intending, but man, the consequence was there, and they got taken off this earth uh, much earlier than they should yeah. have. And, and of course, there's the mercy of God. I'm not saying that every person that does that ends up in hell. Um, you know, I've said this before. I remember going to a funeral many years ago of an individual who did uh, die from an overdose. And, and this person was a Christian, genuine Christian. And the person who was officiating the funeral said, well, sister so-and-so was a very imperfect being saved by a very perfect God. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that sums it up right there. We're all in that category. Yeah. But to get back to the scriptures here, we need to reckon, we need to count ourselves, we yeah. need to consider ourselves. In other words, the basic foundation of my life as it pertains to holiness is I've got to look at sin and go, you're not my friend. You are my enemy. You are not here to do anything good in my life. And if I walk with you, I'm like it says in Romans, uh, in, in is it chapter 7 or chapter 8? No, chapter 8. If I walk with you, sin, I'm going to reap destruction. If I walk according to the Spirit, who is my friend, I'm going to reap life. Yeah. It's a matter of where you're investing your soul in. You know, I just thought of, as, as you're just saying that, I'm going to reap this, I'm going to reap that, if I sow this or sow that. What, what do you make of Job? Because, and if you don't know the story of Job, Job has a good life. I mean, wealthy wealthy successful on paper his well life known. is amazing and he's a guy who actually really cares about living a life pleasing to god and then he loses everything right what what do you say to that do you would because his his friends and then he kind of started to think i must have sinned but where did the loss come from he would get up every day the bible says and offer sacrifices mm -hmm. In case my children, my sons have sinned against God. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he wasn't serving God. He wasn't sacrificing to God out of worship. He was sacrificing to God out of fear. Mm -hmm. Okay? And maybe, maybe that fear came from he was very much aware that his sons were not living and his daughters were not living right. Because why would you constantly get up every day and make these sacrifices? Mm -hmm. Just in case my sons, my children um, have cursed God in their hearts or have not living right. He was doing it out of fear. And fear is always based and has its roots in condemnation. Hmm. It's very possible that Job, as successful as he was and as close to God as he was, did not have that awareness of 
because I believe in God, he's accounting me as righteous. Just goes right back to Abraham. When we're not aware of what the principles in the word tell us and teach us, we're not going to have the right perspective of God. And because of not having the right perspective of God, it wasn't so much that Job sinned. It was that he was living in a culture where he was constantly worrying about the sin that was going on in other mm -hmm. people's lives. I mean, even his wife is not, she's not right in her head either. Yeah. Like she's telling, why don't you just curse yeah. God and die? And Yeah. And I, and I love, I love what he says at the end of the, of the whole book. Um, he says that my, my redeemer lives. I think that's what he says. And I know someday he's going to walk on this earth. Yeah. That he comes to the realization, I'm messed up. My kids were messed up. My wife was messed up. Yes, I've had tragedy happen to me. He didn't always respond the right way. Thank God he didn't listen to his friends because they would have had him in even deeper condemnation. But he comes to the conclusion in the end, I know that my Redeemer lives. Yeah. And honestly, we're in that same kind of position. All we can do is the best that we know. That we're going to have flaws. You're going to sin. I'm going to sin. We're going to fall in different areas. But we know that our Redeemer lives. Yeah. And we know that someday we're going to see him face to face. Yeah. You know, I, I think we forget about that. Sometimes I think we, um, we consider the gospel, we consider the resurrection, um, beginner Christianity, just the simple message of the gospel that Jesus Christ died for the sin of mankind um, and rose from the dead and those who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. And, um, and God demonstrated his love in that. And, and I think the, um, as a believer and having the tendency or, or maybe losing the tendency to want to live, ho to live holy, maybe that, that can come from forgetting or losing sight of the, the message of the gospel. The simplicity of it. I think of all the times in the Old Testament where... God tells the children of Israel to, to remember, remember what I did for you, how I delivered you out of Egypt. Put these stones and that, here. And he, he expected that to keep them. Yeah. That remembrance. Yeah, yeah tell I, it to your children, tell it to their children. Honestly, I think that's a good place for us to be right now in this broadcast because yes, we have to cooperate with God. Yes, we have to yield to his yeah. spirit. Yes, we have to fight the good fight. Yes, we have to resist the devil. But if you're not careful, you'll put it all on yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I always go back to that scripture in Titus chapter 2. Yeah. I believe it's in verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, yeah. teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts that we would live righteously and soberly in this present yeah. age as we await the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Redeemer lives. Yeah. We need to depend on his grace. We need to depend on his power by the Holy Spirit within us in order for us to say no sin, I'm not gonna lean, I'm not gonna yield to you. I'm not gonna allow you to have dominion over yeah. me. I'm gonna submit myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So it tells us in the scriptures that we're to surrender ourselves to God, then flee, then, then resist the enemy and he'll flee from us. Submit to God, resist the enemy, he'll flee from us. Amen. The first thing we need to do is submit to God. We need to be honest. If I could say this to those that are watching, listening, as we wrap this thing up, um, lean on and depend on God. Ask him to grace you. I do that a lot. Father, grace me. I almost make it a, a verb, an action word. Yeah. 
Father, grace me, empower me for this area, that area. Help me to do the things I can't do in the natural, but help me also, Father, to recognize this thought pattern has to stop. This, this, these words that I'm speaking, I've got to be more careful of. And my conduct, Father, I've got to rein that in because I don't want to blaspheme you. I don't want to shame you. I don't want someone to turn away from Christ because of my conduct. Yeah. Father, grace me in this because there's certain things you and I are not going to be able to do on our own. Mm-hmm. Our Redeemer lives. His grace yeah. is available to us. His mercy is poured out on us. And we need to just throw ourselves on yeah. him. And can you, can you just think of the effect that we would have on people's lives? When I say people's lives, I mean the world, the world that is without Christ. If we really took into consideration that what you're saying about the name of God being blasphemed by the way that we live. That's a, that's a serious consequence. Yeah, I think someplace, one of Peter's letters, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember exactly yeah. what it is. He says something like this. In other words, he says, if you're going to get accused for something, be or if you're going to get persecuted, be persecuted or accused because you did something good. Yeah. Not in other words, don't give the don't give a person the legal right because you did wrong. Yeah. You're not living right. You didn't conduct yourself the right way. You didn't you didn't do what God's word tells us to do. Yeah. And now that person rightfully can make an accusation. He said, if you're going to get accused, if you're going to get mm-hmm. persecuted, let it be because for righteousness sake. In other words, because you're a Christian, because you worship God. Yeah. That's, it makes, it makes me think about just for me on a personal level, um, you know, with my marriage. Okay. Obviously uh, like, like the primary reason why I, I want to be the kind of husband that loves my wife sacrificially Right, is for her, and, and that that's that's God's will for for Christian husbands. But then there's also this uh, this image of Christ giving His self for the, for the church, and how that is supposed to be reflected in marriage, so that the rest of the world can see, wow, this is what God has done for the world. Mm-hmm. But um, if I demand my own way. In my marriage, that's going to that's going to poison my marriage. It's going to also reflect to the world a, a, a very distorted mm. view of Christianity. Yeah, definitely. And they're looking for they're looking for yeah. examples. That that that's for me personally. What, what I think of a lot when I, when I when I hear you talk about so that the name of God will not be blasphemed. And, and I think everyone who's watching is tuning in. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit is is speaking probably some specific things about maybe some stuff that has to change absolutely so that they can present definitely Jesus. And, I, and I believe that message is coming strongly from the holy spirit to all of us to all of us hey get your act together hey stop this uh clean this up stop conducting yourself yeah. this way and he usually does that when he's getting ready to do something big yeah, that that's that's the thing that that we that we forget that's about. That's exciting because we think it's okay. I just have to clean up my app because God told me to, and that's it. There's more to it than that. It's all preparation. Yeah, absolutely. Because He's already accepted us. He's already received us. So when He tells us to get get, you know, there's this thing that I've heard from the Holy Spirit over the years, and it always came just before a major challenge. I would hear this 
whether it's a health challenge or something relationship-wise, gird yourself up. Mm. What does that mean to gird yourself up? Well, the Roman soldiers would, they would bind themselves together yeah. so they kept their core strong so yeah. they went to battle. I picture that same thing when I hear that on the inside, gird yourself up. I remember many, many years ago when I faced a major health challenge 30 years ago, just days prior to that. Gird yourself up. Your health is about to be attacked. Gird yourself up. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm with you. And sure enough, within a week, I had a major, major health challenge. But that word that came from him, gird yourself up, strengthened me. It strengthened me. He gave yeah. me the ability to go, okay, God knew this was coming. This is no surprise to him. I'm going to be okay and just go through it. So now I believe the Spirit of God is saying to the church, to yeah. every believer, gird yourself up. That's good. That, that's ready. prophetic. I, th I think we're going to call the episode Gird Yourself Up. That's good. <laughs> gird yourself up. Yeah. Strengthen your core. Uh, get rid of the sloppiness. Yeah. Get, rid of the, get rid of the junk. Get rid of the stuff. To, get rid of the weights and the yeah. sin. And the weights, it's so, it's sin that so easily besets us. What is it? Preparation. 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 Yeah. Yeah, most people forget the church is, uh, we told, oh, the bride of Christ. No, the church is a military uh, institution. Mm -hmm. That is the way the scriptures are designed to, to speak to us. We're, we're, we're like an army. We're the army of God. But the army of God can't afford to be sloppy. The army of yeah. God cannot afford to have all these doors open in our life that the enemy can come in and attack yeah. us. But the thing so, about this, this, this military is that we don't, we don't fight like the world fights. Of course not. But we fight. Yeah. So Amen. you want to pray? Yeah. Father God, we thank you so much for this time together, talking about holiness, talking about your love for us and how your, your, your love is, is yes, not Lord. to just pet us, not to just excuse us, but to empower us. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for your word, that your word is lamp to our feet and a light to our path, thank Father. You. And uh, I, I want to pray for every single person who's tuning in right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak very specific things yes, to all of us about some stuff that, that needs to change, about, about some stuff that maybe we've been tolerating yes, Lord. for a little too long, Lord. And um, God, we, we know that you rebuke those, you correct those that you love, Father. And so, Lord, I'm, I'm believing that everybody listening to this is changed. Yes, it's not God. the same from the beginning of this podcast, you, Lord. Father. And um, we're, we're, we're believing for big things ahead. We're believing that as we gird ourselves up, yes, Lord. that you're going to give us the grace that we need to change, to, to, to deny ungodliness yes, Lord. and to walk in holiness, to, to really pursue holiness and pursue righteousness, God, from a position of already being made holy. Thank you. Lord. That's how we live, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we had an awesome time with you. And, uh, you know, if, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, would you do, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with everything that, that, we, uh, that we post. And if you're, or if you're listening on, uh, on Apple or Spotify, um, you know, give us a rating, uh, give us a review, because that would help us to show up more in the search when people look for podcasts. And uh, we pray that this blessed you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Amen. Amen.